Warning, the following podcast doesn't care what words you're offended by. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Thoughts and Shares, the new form of Christian slacktivism sweeping the nation. Because why do something real when you can pass the buck? Thoughts and Shares. And now, The Scathing Atheist. This is Matt from Consciousness3D.net, here to say we, and what we call consciousness, did indeed evolve from filthy monkey men. It's February 22nd. And we're down one graham cracker. <laughs> I'm no illusions. <laughs> I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. From New York, New York. Secret Lair, Pennsylvania. This is Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, we'll see which Christian can blame not God the hardest. A Pennsylvania pastor finally finds that platonic gay bondage relationship he's always been looking for. And the Jehovah's Witnesses will courageously not do shit. But first... The diatribe. Man, nobody does nothing quite as well as Christianity, am I right? I mean, they, they can't offer up deep understanding, they can't provide a coherent worldview, and they're terrible at keeping their dicks out of children. But when you need profound inaction and you want it done with style, Christianity has you covered. And I'll admit that on some shameful level, I'm jealous of that. I mean, you and I see, for example, yet another massacre of innocent children laid upon the altar of the Second Amendment. We've got to actually contend with that. We've got to actually wrestle with the moral repercussions. We've got to educate ourselves on the issue. We've got to take sides, engage in debates, push our congressional leaders, sign petitions, and go on marches and shit. Or, barring any of that, at the very least, we have to cope with the guilt of not doing any of that stuff. And when I'm faced with that kind of choice, some visceral part of my brain wishes it belonged to a dude who could obviate all of that shit with a bromide about thoughts and prayers. What the hell does that even mean? We've been we've been drowning in these fucking thoughts and prayers for a week now, so it's probably worth asking what the Christians offering them even think they're doing. Well, first of all, we I think we can set aside the whole thoughts half of the equation here because what the fuck could it possibly mean to tell somebody that they're in your thoughts? If they weren't in your thoughts, you'd be neurologically incapable of addressing them for fuck's sake. What you're saying here is nothing more than I acknowledge your existence and there's not even a positive connotation in it. When I'm cussing at the guy in front of me in traffic, he's in my thoughts. So that leaves the prayers. I'm praying for you, which is a slightly fancier way of saying I'm wishing really hard for you. But even if you set aside the inherent uselessness of reactive wish casting, what the fuck are they wishing for? Are, are you praying that God will stop the next school shooting before it gets started? Are you thanking him for locking this one down after the 17th fatality? Are you praying he's going to let the dead kids into heaven? I mean, I don't have a Christian here to bounce any of these questions off, but my guess is up until now they'd be saying no. So what are they praying for? But of course, as any devoted post-tragedy thinker and prayer would be happy to explain, I'm missing the point. Despite the prominent position this platitude gives to thoughts, there's no thought behind it. Saying shit like this is a substitute for thought. Because thinking at times like this, if you're trying to cling to the illusion of an omnipotent loving God, is dangerous. 
So instead of risking actual mental reflection, Christianity offers up a banality flow chart that allows you to avoid contemplation altogether. It makes you worse than useless to your friends and loved ones when they're going through a personal loss or something. But your inability to pass the Turing test at a time like that is a small price to pay for the ability to forego all of that empathic bullshit that spurs people into action. All of that lying awake at night wondering what you can do, wondering if anyone can do anything. All of that subverted in an instant by the promise of intangible brain products. And I know it sounds like I'm disparaging it, but I'm kind of not. Because I've been in that situation where some friend of mine just lost somebody they loved and I'm with them when they got the news and my atheist rationalist ass has to sit there crushed by the full knowledge that there is nothing that I can say or do that's going to help in that moment. And I, I would have loved to be able to stab that icy silence in the heart with some meaningless bullshit about better places and angel shortages. But no, I'm faced with the stark choice of either doing something or suffering through my impotence. I don't have a, a middle ground to retreat to or an imaginary being to tag in. I traded that away for a clear-eyed view of the world that admits nobody's coming to save us. And I did that for a reason. This isn't some unforeseen consequence of atheism. It's the whole point in so much as a plain admission of verifiable facts can be said to have a point. We're that minority of people who recognizes that having shortcuts towards inaction is maybe a bad idea, even if they feel super useful in the moment. We're the group of people who figured out that maybe frustrated impotence serves some kind of social function we shouldn't be trying to subvert. I mean, look, w without humanism, atheism can get damn depressing. And in the wake of mass shootings, humanism can be damn hard to do. And if those don't make it hard enough, the petty squabbles and thinly veiled excuses for inaction from our government leaders is happy to step in and pick up the slack. Mass murder strains the credibility of religion's founding concept, the, the, the one about the omnipotent guy who cares about him. But at the same time, it strains the founding precept of humanism, too. When shit like this happens so frequently that we have to argue about how many times it happened this year, this seven-week-old year, it makes it a lot harder to believe that we're even capable of saving ourselves. But whether we can or whether we can't, we're still our only hope. Believe me, nobody wants to pass this responsibility off to the robot overlords more than me, but we're not there yet. I mean, a, a fucking speaking spell could probably do better with gun laws than the U.S. Congress manages at this point. So it's not a high bar we're asking the robots to clear, but we're still not there yet. We still have to rely on humans to get the job done. And that's why it's so depressing to see people offering up prayers in the wake of avoidable tragedy. When people abdicate their own social responsibility and shirk it off to a non-existent deity, it's left to the rest of us to pick up that slack. So whether they know it or not, when the Christians offer up prayers after something like this, it's us that they're praying to. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the bagel and cream cheese of atheism, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to be part of this nutritious breakfast? Hey, I'm just waiting for the Me Too movement to bring down Booberry. He's got to come. <laughs> It's the Harvey Kellogg effect, yeah. But uh, yeah, even if Booberry didn't assault anyone, he's always thank you, thank you. Eli. I just throw Appreciate that you. out there and then try to move on to your other line. <laughs> you gotta give me a second. Serial guy. Yeah, no, he is with the corn. Yeah. Har Harvey That's Weinstein. That's a deep cut across shows. That's a lot. It's a lot of brilliance. John Harvey Kellogg. Sentence. 
John Harvey Kellogg brought him in. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> my point about Booberry, though, yeah, uh, even though he didn't assault anyone, or maybe he did, I don't know, but he's always peacocking with that fedora yeah. and the bow tie. Like, fuck him. Reading the game is almost a sex crime by itself. <laughs> if you're doing the stuff from that book, fuck you. Now, before we get going tonight, listeners might remember that last week there was homework based on a recent court case in Spain that charged a man $400 for photoshopping his face onto Jesus. We asked you guys to get creative, and indeed you did. We placed a few of our favorites on our Facebook page for your enjoyment, but the winner is, drumroll please, Morgan, at 27394, Days, who gave us a modestly bikinied savior along with the caption, I thought Jesus needed to cover up. So congratulations, and check your DMs. We need to send you a T-shirt. Fantastic job, everybody. And now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, the lack of an extant god is never quite as clear as it is when a dozen and a half innocent kids get mowed down by a psychopath. So Christians have spent the past week desperately circling wagons of bullshit around their beleaguered delusion in hopes of obscuring the fact that the two options here are God doesn't exist and he's the bad guy. And this has led to yet another spectacular Christian freakout. What are the guys talking about? It's the newest, the greatest Christian freakout. So let's start with occasionally claimed spokesperson for the American Family Association, Brian B. Fish Fisher, who echoed the sentiments of many a maudlin meemaw this week when he took to Twitter to place the blame for school shootings on the lack of mandatory school prayer. Mm. On a tweet the day of the shooting, Fisher Ooh. said, quote, here's an idea. So coming from B. Fish, that's already suspect. Very I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, here's his idea. Why don't we pray in schools before these shootings happen instead of waiting until we have dead students? End quote. Uh, I don't know, Brian Fisher. Why don't you? Yeah, I'm an <laughs> atheist. I got an excuse. <laughs> Maybe also pray for uh, no more raping kids if you're not too busy. Yeah. You know, just whenever you get a chance, no rush. Pray for those things to not happen. Also, is he saying that somehow like post hoc miracles don't work? Why not, Brian? Raise some motherfucking dead. Your book says you can, pussy. Like, <laughs> right. Lots of questions about right? your magic cure. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let's break apart all the ways that's wrong, starting with factually. I know I don't need to point that out to our audience, but just to be thorough, prayers are fucking allowed in fucking schools. <laughs> the only thing that aren't allowed are, are mandatory or teacher-led prayers. Also, how the fuck do you square the idea that you can pray away future shootings with the multiple mass shootings we had at churches last year? <laughs> right? Okay, maybe they were doing too many thoughts and not enough prayers. Oh, okay. I'm guessing there's no. like a Goldilocks zone for that right? ratio. Yeah, so. Uh -huh. Maybe pray for that correct number, for that ratio. And think for it, well, too, right. you no, got to mix it up, apparently. <laughs> got to get that right. I, I don't know. I still hold firm position that thinking and praying cancel each other out, and that's oh, the problem. Oh, okay, right. Too much thinking. <laughs> Zero. Yeah, oh, we'll get to that later in this show. Jesus. Uh, but to be fair, factually wrong and Brian Fisher talking are synonymous, so let's move on to morally wrong, because... I feel like using the tragic death of 17 people, mostly children, to promote my religion is one of those things where, like, the too soon clock moves geologically. But even if we can't settle on a specific time unit, I think we can all agree that three hours after the first shots were fired, that's a bit early. <laughs> yeah. I think you have to wait at least until Louis C.K. jerks off. That's like a universal <laughs> minimum for it. Never should have hired him to play Booberry. <laughs> terrible casting trust. But uh, he'd make a great booberry, though. He looks anyway, it's the wrong color, but other than that. Um, but I think the most fascinating aspect of his wrongness here is the theological one. 
because his God's conditional omnipotence and inability to just intuit us not wanting children shot speaks volumes to the moral character of both God and anybody that would worship him. I mean, if I buy into your worldview, what am I supposed to believe? That, that, that your God's too stupid to figure out this is a bad outcome without your input? That, that, that his powers can be neutered by a Supreme Court decision? That he's such a petty bitch he's been sitting in the corner since 1962 muttering, oh, I'm good enough to stop your bullets, but not good enough for mandatory morning adulation, huh? I'll just be right over here. <laughs> what the fuck is... Like, I, don't, I don't get... Like, how does this worldview work for them? Just go to Church uh, of Bad God. Like, it would be so much harder for us to argue right. with. Yeah. Like, All right, well, no that's actually pretty solid. He's an asshole God. God. He's an asshole God. God, okay. don't do this. Come on, buddy. <laughs> You mad? We should talk about this. What did Dr. Glauber say? Oh, God. All right. So uh, also in contention for best Christian freakout this week about the shootings was Illinois GOP Congressman Mike Bost. What are the guys talking about? It's the newest, the greatest Christian freakout. So Mr. Bost heard about the Parkland shootings and decided the best course of action as a federal lawmaker would be gathering up post-it notes with thoughts and prayers from all over his stupid fucking district and then hand-delivering them to yes. Donald Trump in D.C. In a Ziploc bag <laughs> yes. to seal in the freshness right, well, yeah, of you the don't prayers want the prayers. and thoughts. The <laughs> yeah, I thought real hard into this coffee can. Don't open it up till you get to Florida, though, or the thoughts will just <laughs> leak right out. Yeah, so now the President of the United States has a stupid bag of paper just sitting there in the Oval Office like that piece of shit snow globe your girlfriend gave you that you now have to keep on your desk forever. Uh, although, <laughs> if he doesn't want to keep it right there on his desk, I'm sure the families of Parkland victims have a good idea where he can put it. <laughs> and um, that actually might be good. I've never heard about any churches experimenting with prayer suppositories, but mm -hmm. I'm assuming you get that nice, slow, steady release <laughs> of the prayers and thoughts. Well, Maybe it'll work. I've heard some of them use that as a euphemism. <laughs> yeah, just not the Catholic Church. That oh, that's the is one very was... literal. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of things the president should have shoved up his ass, ooh, the worst ooh. part... Yeah, right. The, well, <laughs> 30 okay, seconds on the good, clock. No wrong answers. No wrong answers. <laughs> No wrong answers. The one I was thinking of, though, and I think the worst part of this whole story, it might have been the press photo that Trump and yes. Boss took together in which they're both smiling like fucking idiots because they already forgot what they were talking about well, moments ago. Yes. Uh, it was kids getting shot, Mike and Donald, in case you guys are listening, in case you forgot, that's what you were talking yes. about. The most inappropriate God. grins you could imagine. Gross. Thumbs but up. But the, but the camera guy was like, okay, say NRA donation. And they were like, <laughs> both started beaming like they're about to get handed an ice cream cone by Mickey Mouse. They look so fucking stupid. Yes. Assholes. Personally, I think they should have to smoke the whole bag. <laughs> that should be the rule. And, uh, you know, like after they try the suppository yeah. thing, then smoke the whole bag. Or, or while. Yeah. While would also work. And in... Oh, guys, there's like 11 more of these Christians say awful things about mass murder stories. Yeah, there was a lot. So uh, are you saying you'd like to move on to something a little more tasteful? Oh, no, no, no. I was thinking we could do something with a little more glitz, you know? A, a little more uh, what? Hit it, Morgan! Have you been wearing that tux under your clothes this whole time? What are you doing? Baby. 
All right. Well, since you apparently brought a red carpet with you and everything, I'm, I'm, I'm something that doesn't quite reach the threshold of proud to introduce <laughs> the zeroth annual Tragic Loskers. I'm not, I'm not great with... fantastic. What? Well, thank, you, thank you. Tragic Loskers? <laughs> and now, please welcome my co-host for this magical evening, the only two people with less sexual chemistry than James Franco and Anne Hathaway, <laughs> Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. <laughs> Fellas, is it a magical night or what? Well, uh, just like James Franco and Anne Hathaway, one of us is very clearly stoned, and the other very clearly has an eating disorder. <laughs> I, I am telling you the vomiting isn't on purpose. Okay, well, then go to a doctor. <laughs> no. You need to... Thank, damn it. Thank you, gentlemen. Now, when a school shooting takes place, it can be hard sometimes to tell who to blame. Uh, you mean besides the single most active gun lobby in the world? Yes, yes, besides that. Uh, what about a media that fetishizes mass violence? Besides like that, that be. Ooh, or the fact what, that... Why like, don't you guys a... just let me intro the fucking thing? You can see the script. Okay, okay fine. Go to a doctor. No. Whoever's to, to blame, doctor. these nominees did their very best to get the answer wrong. The nominees this week for ugliest blame are... YouTube reporter Lucian Wintrich in his Oscar debut for blaming liberals for demonizing Christianity. What the left has done these days is they have demonized uh, Christianity, the church, Jesus Christ, who, if you read his teachings, right, it was uh, we're all brothers. Look out for one another. And we, I think a lot of, especially younger people, don't have that anymore. And then that is what's driving these, these shootings. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. There's, there, the left is to blame. The left is yeah. purely to blame. Wow. That is some motivated, let's call it thinking. Yeah. When do you think you'll hit puberty? Probably never. Yeah, based on our Probably gun laws, never. odds are against it. Our next nominee is the Meryl Streep is saying horrible shit, Todd Starnes. Because uh, he looks like a purse? How dare you? Meryl is a treasure, <laughs> a sexy, sexy treasure. Gentlemen, take it gentlemen. back. Anyway, uh, Todd is nominated today for blaming gays, abortion, and Satan. We've raised a generation to believe that truth is relative, that there is no right or wrong, and the devil smiled. They kicked God out of public schools, banned Bibles and prayer, and the devil smiled. We've destroyed the traditional family, broken homes, raising broken kids. And the devil smiled. What happened in Parkland, Florida is about wickedness. A war with the forces of darkness, good versus evil. Our land is wounded, her people suffering. The politicians and pundits would have you believe this is not about God. It's about politics or mental illness or gun control. And the devil smiled. Like slam poetry at a KKK what rally. The fuck Lovely. What's that? Powerful, powerful dementia. Our next nominee is a late runaway performance by Dinesh D'Souza for tweeting a picture of weeping survivors watching their state vote down an assault weapon ban with the caption, Adults One, Kids Zero. Wow. Bowel cancer is a human, Noah. Bowel cancer is a human. Really is. Really, really is. And now. Our final nominee for the evening, Coach Dave Daubemeyer, nominated for Worst Actor for Blaming the Victims Themselves. Can somebody tell me why some boy 
didn't go tackle him. When his back was turned, when I'm shooting this direction, exactly, why, didn't coach. Some, why didn't some wrestler or some football player, couple football players, run and tackle him? I'm talking about do we train the individual kid in school to hate evil or embrace it? And these guys, I'm just saying, I wasn't there. I don't know what it was like. Nobody, none of those guys tackle him. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He should win it just for the inaccurate gun-related hand gestures. Those were amazing. He really should. Ladies and gentlemen, the award for best actor goes to... Dinesh D'Souza for being a massive piece of shit. Now, uh, Dinesh couldn't be here, obviously, because he's not allowed within 400 feet of a bank account. But here to accept the award on his behalf is an actual pile of shit. Also, everybody, really, I'm I'm not nearly as much a piece of shit as Dinesh. Uh, He's been putting in the work. Uh, Thank you for this, buddy. Biggest piece of shit of all. Biggest piece of shit at all. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. This concludes the zeroth annual Tragic Loster. You guys want to go get some tacos or something? Tacos yeah, sound great. Tacos. Yeah. I just saw you. I was thinking. I, and in Damilton news tonight, Richard Dawkins' best-selling book, The God Delusion, is set to premiere as a play this coming May at the Charlton Arts Festival in Manchester, England. Okay. Well, I mean, that that sounds like a great idea. But they were super dismissive about hats off to Botswana. Like, <laughs> yeah, we are were. in a fight, Charlton Arts Festival. That's yeah. ridiculous. To be fair, blackface on the cover, I get it. It was much, but I wanted to... It was a choice. It was a bold... We were it's making a statement. We were winking it. like the Our Town. We were like that Our Town. Come on. But we were white. Now... Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Now, obviously, the question of how a nonfiction science book will translate to the stage is always tricky. After all, who can forget the ill-fated runs of The Inelegant Universe, the musical, and the beautiful but poorly reviewed operatic premiere of GIS Commons, an introductory textbook on geographic information <laughs> systems? Well, it couldn't have been a worse idea than doing opera in German, and they're still doing that. <laughs> That's rough. That is real, and if you've never YouTubed a soprano trying to land on Schlacht, you are missing out. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, honestly, that is nothing compared to Richard Dawkins trying to land on, well, any syllable from any language. (laughs) I cannot wait. It's going to be a lot of unintentional scat. It's a musical and he's in it, right? Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. But I got to say, based on the description by the artistic director, Thomas Moore, no relation, not a time traveler, it sounds like it could be pretty awesome. He describes the show as, quote, somewhere between an atheist support group and watching a great stand-up comedian, end quote, which listeners to this show know is a fantastic form of entertainment and deserves your full <laughs> financial support at yeah, patreon.com right. forward slash skating. All right, well, I think we've got. (laughs) I think we've all got a little aphasia singing to brush up on for the uh, for our. um... I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I've been practicing. I don't know about you guys. I'm off book. All right. So well, well, well. Eli and I practice for our auditions. We're going to take a quick break and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. Memories. 
A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she was. If it's a legitimate rape. It makes her a slut, right? Cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Misogyny. Last time we spoke, the thing that was making me sick was the flu. But that got better, and this week I'm back to being sickened by things more in keeping with my on-show persona. Like, for example, Sandy Rios, the influenza AH1N1 of human beings. This week, American Family Association official and woman who definitely has frequent heated arguments about coupons, Sandy Rios, decided to chime in on the somehow still ongoing Rob Porter scandal. So Rob Porter, as I'm sure you know, is the guy that had a high-level position in the White House until it came out that two ex-wives and an ex-girlfriend had all accused him of serious physical abuse. Well, Rios decided to throw her hat in with the president and his chief of staff by defending the thrice-accused woman beater. Her excuse? Well, since I can't make it any worse through comic hyperbole, I guess I'll give you the quote. Quote, I just don't think you can trust women now when they say they're being abused. I have total mistrust. We saw this happen with Justice Roy Moore, end quote. Because why just defend a physical abuser when there's a perfectly good pedophile you can exonerate too? She went on to explain that she does believe that abusive relationships exist, but there's a but. Now, never has there been a sentence less in need of a but than I understand that there are abusive relationships, but there's a but there anyway. She adds, quote, but on a scale of one to 10, there's a lot of variance isn't there, end quote. So first of all, yes, Sandy, anytime you plot something on a 10-point scale, there's a lot of variance, especially when you use decimal points. But that's just what happens when you use numbers. But Sandy's not the only asshole earning my ire this week. I'm also going to toss an honorable mention to Idaho State Senator Dan Foreman, who is the subject of an ethics complaint this week after screaming abortion is murder at a bunch of college students that met with him to discuss a bill about birth control. The student group had apparently scheduled meetings with a number of lawmakers to discuss the bill, which would make birth control easier to obtain for college students. He abruptly canceled the meeting after the students traveled 300 miles to get there. But that wasn't enough, apparently, because he later confronted them in the halls and started yelling at them about abortion being murder and how what they were doing stinks. What they're doing, of course, being participation in the political process. In damn near presidential form, he then sent out tweets about baby killers and shit until a Democratic colleague filed an ethics complaint, citing the video the fucking kids took of him yelling at them like a crazy person on the subway. And don't get me wrong, I hope he gets censured, but that also strikes me as a par for the course when your job is to represent people from Idaho. And when that geographical grenade lobbed, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And in flop in the name of love news tonight, as many of our listeners may already be aware, America's most persecuted group finally saw the long-awaited premiere of their first representative superhero on the big screen in decades this past weekend. I'm talking, of course, about the new movie Samson by Pureflex. <laughs> oh, so the group was Jews. It was Jews. I knew it. I asked Eli about this on the GAM episode. He wouldn't answer. But you could tell. You could tell he thinks Jewish people have had it worse than black people in history. You could tell. At Eli Bosnick. Ridiculous. Oh, I'll talk about it here. You want to get into it here? I got six million witnesses in this cigar box. <laughs> oh, all right. right, this? No. They got like 60 no. million in there, like bottom of a ship. Yeah, so. yeah, right. yeah, right. Exactly. Nobody was even counting them. So. 
which means it doesn't count. Oh, now oh, he sh- doesn't care about numbers. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's funny. It only counts when He's the Jews, we got fucking numbers and sheets and videos, but no, nah, it's fine. It's fine. Hashtag blacks versus Jews. Tell us what <laughs> oh, you yeah. think, guys. Tell us what you think. That hashtag has been used. Sorry. <laughs> no. All right. Holocaust versus slavery. No, probably ours. <laughs> also... Also Taken. used. Very popular yeah, on YouTube. <laughs> so, if anybody's no, squatting, group- we could use a website. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, the group I was thinking of were Christians, uh, even though the movie is about Jews, uh, but it's fine to do Jew face on television <laughs> and in movies. <laughs> Look at it, you, Miss Maisel. Oh, you had a lot of Jewish friends growing up, did you? Did you? That's cool. That's cool. They practically killed ScarJo, but you went to lots of bat mitzvahs. So we cool. Okay. We cool. Rain it in. Rain it in. Right? Sorry. Got me started. I'm back. I'm back in now. Anyway, sadly, it looks like whatever weird spider god they have in Wakanda is about $198 million more powerful than Jesus. Yep. Because yep. Samson is a massive financial failure. Yes. Not, not just as a movie, but like <laughs> money and Artistic, Money yeah. and artistically as well, yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we, by the way, have been on the Chakra Kiki bandwagon for a, quite a while. <laughs> yeah, we like gods who aren't dead. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Saviors that don't get caught. <laughs> so according to Pure Flix, the film is their most expensive project yet, putting the budget somewhere between four and five million. And yet, according to Box Office Mojo, Samson took in just two point two. Million oh. over the long weekend after Friday's oh. opening. Well, sounds like David A.R. White got his hair a little too close to his wife's extremely sharp face. Who was it? Power <laughs> like Samson. Maybe oh, that there was you what go. happened. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And if you'd like to hear how it failed artistically, we were joined this week on God Awful Movies by Mark and Dan over at the How To Heretic podcast for review. So head over there to enjoy all the fox burning, nameless wife murdering fun that makes up this spectacular <laughs> failure. <laughs> And finally tonight, we'd like to congratulate Pastor George Nelson Gregory of Munhall, Pennsylvania, for his wonderful, wonderful contribution to atheist podcasting this week. (laughs) And he deserves to be praised for several reasons. First of all, he's a 61-year-old man who got caught by police while doing rope stuff with a naked person in his car. And if I make it to 61, I'll be super excited if that's part of my Monday night. And it was part of his Monday night. I feel like you need a lot more specificity for Eli's sake here. (laughs) Too late. Frank War initiated. Initiated. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, well, another reason for praise. This is easily the best news we've had in a long time about religious leaders and sex. And that's because the naked person with the pastor was a consenting adult. And for that, we are... So proud of you, George. So very, yeah. very <laughs> proud. It's all about positive reinforcement. <laughs> Who fucked a consenting adult? You did, George. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. No Tabasco on your dick tonight, George. <laughs> or extra, if that's what you want, man. Seriously. <laughs> world's your oyster. <laughs> yeah, right. As long as it's a grown-up who said yes, we're Let's in. Strict anything, no. Okay, but <laughs> best of all, the pastor's denial about the sexual nature of the incident might be the most entertaining series of lies that yes. I've ever heard. And that includes Michael Cohen's story about how he paid off Stormy Daniels as a secret surprise gift to Donald Trump. That was last week. So here's the official statement from the pastor. Quote, I was counseling a young man with a drug problem. I'm assuming by snorting 
coke off his dick so he wouldn't have any more drugs. Is, <laughs> right? I, I don't know. 100% effective. Yes. <laughs> Very hard to cut up those lines, though. And the Tabasco gets it. it it's, it's the whole thing. <laughs> anyway, continuing the quote. It did turn strange, <laughs> but it wasn't my doing. Okay? What? Is it okay with us if it wasn't his doing? What? He's asking, I guess. <laughs> Continuing. And I was adamant that I'm not participating in that way. And so that's when the police pulled up and they assumed things. <laughs> yeah. But I'm standing by my story. It's not true. <laughs> really Wait, unclear what? what he's saying. <laughs> and and this is my favorite part. We were just playing we, we meet up from time to time to play with each other end quote it no was that's what we date. that's what we thought was going yeah, on that's yeah what we, so you know. is he saying that the naked dude tied himself up because i have logistical <laughs> yes. questions or yes. that like or that he was already naked and tied up when he got in the car <laughs> he was like that <laughs> dude's just like hopping <laughs> along the side of the road with his dick flopping around and this pastor thought well that's no way to jog let me offer that young man a ride <laughs> Are you on drugs? I could help. With, with yeah. So, moral of the story: just just be a gay guy who's into ropes. Yeah, right. That's great. No. That sounds fucking so much. And and go watch Samson. Also, you yes. love it. There's uh. oil and honey and rippling pecs and abs everywhere. And best of all, there's more homoerotic tension than any nylon ropes ever gonna have in Samson. Just just be gay. And see that movie, George, and keep fucking adults. We're so proud of you. <laughs> and after that pat on the back, but before George asks us to pat a little harder, I suppose we can close off the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Fit life is a magical place. And when we come back, we'll remind ourselves that Jehovah's Witnesses are at least as crazy as Mormons. Hey, folks. As many of you know, evangelical pastor Billy Graham passed away yesterday, and in light of that, we just wanted to take a moment for a very important PSA. Please, stop dying on Wednesdays. Stop dying on Wednesdays. Stop dying on Wednesdays. Especially if you're an evangelical piece of shit whose legacy we'd really like to shit on. Yeah, because as many of you know, while we might begin the show, it's Thursday, it's actually Wednesday. And we need time to write that shit. Want us to write something about that time that you told Nixon the Jews have a stranglehold on the media? Well, then die on a fucking Monday. I have uh, more like a stranglehold on his his respirator. Stupid. Want quality material about your legacy of homophobia, bigotry, and barely concealed political party disguised as a church? Well, shoot us an email or something. This shit has turnover. More like a lurch. Damn it. I don't. I'm... So we're asking you. No, we're begging you. Stop dying on Wednesday. Stop dying on Wednesdays. Stop dying on Wednesdays. Billy's so silly. He... <sighs> Did your best. Ah, the Jehovah's Witnesses. Like a warm bath of crazy we can always sink back into. Whether it's covering up sexual abuse or Toy Story ripoffs that encourage you to hate the kid with gay parents, they're the gift that keeps on giving. And this week is no exception. After JW watchdog Lloyd Evans released six videos planned as part of the 2018 convention all under the theme, Be Courageous. And that might as well have been a message to us to make it through these six miniature pieces of shit, which means it's time for yet another God-awful minis. 
of course, joining me because they never left are Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to brave this barrage of bullshit? Okay, this show ends in us doing a flip book. I just know it. I'm just yeah, throwing no. that out there. <laughs> All right, so this is all one video. It's sort of split up into six pieces, but it's all one video. We're going to treat it as such. Um, but it has six different lessons. The first one is about not being politically active, which apparently is a thing for J-Dubs. That's just as bad as birthday parties, being politically active. So we're going to start off with seven dudes in a meeting. Right. And at first, I couldn't tell if this was a workplace or if everyone was just dressed well for their cult meeting. It's the latter one, by the it way. It is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, just small thing. The leader guy here, he can't pronounce words ending in th. Apparently, <laughs> is there is there like an anti lisp? Is that a thing? <laughs> we get him, and then we also get an Irish guy who can't handle words that start with th. The so Irish guy's like, accent fucked me all up. <laughs> oh, I want him to be an actor who was just really going for it. He like showed up the first day, and he was like, "I was thinking I would do this." What did you call <laughs> thing? You know, really make my character stand out. Like <laughs> I was like, if I'm in this meeting, all I'm doing is trying to get them to do th words and fuck them up, just like trying to bait them into it. Also, if you have a speech impediment, like an anti lisp or whatever, maybe remove the mouthful of lemon wedges. That would help. And, and those tricky blends might might be a little easier for you. Yeah. So now apparently these guys are sitting around talking about how they each had meetings with different Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, about different times they were courageous and each of them is going to share a story with us. Actually, there's seven people, but there's only six stories. I don't know who the fuck they left out. But <laughs> right. um, but first we get a, a, the story of Mark being pressured to compromise his neutrality. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant at first. I was like, are, what are they going to cut over to like Mark as a Swiss banker during the Holocaust? <laughs> Just like, Listen, I'm not getting sucked into this. I'm not. Yet. Everyone needs a bank account. It's ever, I'm being everybody equally. You guys are assholes. But, but instead, it, it's a workplace like peer pressure PSA about signing a petition. Yeah. Now, apparently, this is a thing for J-Dubs. You're not allowed to get actively involved in politics in any way, shape, or form. Is That's a real thing? They yes. can't have political opinions? Yep. That, that, okay, isn't that a political opinion? <laughs> you, like, extra medium politics isn't nothing. It's a thing. That's yeah, politics. Right. You're picking... Stupid. Well, and, and the thing is, too, is that it's so impossible to come up with a situation where this matters that they have to construct this ridiculous scenario where this guy's following him around with this petition at work. Like, you're going to get fired if you don't yeah, sign this petition. He's going to get fired if he doesn't sign the petition. He might as well be like, all the cute girls sign the sheets, see the hearts <laughs> over their names. Come on, man. And again, like, there is no lower stakes than an actor doing, dare I sign the paper? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, where do they think this kind of pressure is happening? Like, what's that? Like, you know, when your boss is like, hey, blow out these birthday candles and transfuse this blood right now or you're fired. <laughs> like, who? Also, the boss and the workers, they're not going to be on the same side about a labor bill. That's what this yeah, no is shit. What right. bill are they picturing? Just like, HB, everyone gets a pony except for the vague metal industry that this one, I don't know. It yeah, makes right. no sense. Now, rather than use the visual part of this medium, uh, after they do the whole setup, we just cut back to that room full of people explaining what happened next, <laughs> which was, by the way, that he didn't sign the paper. So I guess what would you do visually? Just have him stare at it. <laughs> yeah, so he, good. he prays to God to have the bravery to not do something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my favorite part here. 
uh, brother Luther is the guy telling the story mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, so did, did the guy sign the sheet of paper? And everyone's anticipation face is amazing. Like they're all like <laughs> yes. holding back an emergency shit and they're so excited about the. And he's just like, he goes huge on the dramatic pause. It's like, did he sign the paper? No. And everybody's like, oh, ah, no, he didn't do it. Yeah. Oh, I'm shitting now. So brave. But that's <gasps> not the only way to be brave, of course. You can also be brave enough to hate gay people. And that's what the second lesson is all about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the worst one. Oh, yeah. No. Well, it's it's the worst one in terms of message. Morally, yes, but, yeah. This is yeah. easily the worst one. So now we're going to learn about Sally's experience. Sally was at the grocery store one day. When all of a sudden, everyone in the grocery store surrounded her and started making her like lesbians. <laughs> it's so but, weird. It's the silliest. It's like an episode <laughs> of Black Mirror. They're like, what? Don't you want to wear the rainbow armband? Rainbow armband. Rainbow armband. <laughs> yeah. She walks in and she, the first thing that happens, she sees somebody just like very casually has a, a rainbow wristband and she mm-hmm. like, she violently shudders. Yes. She's just like, boom, threw my mouth a little bit. <laughs> oh God. Uh, and I, and I ate it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. God. And then so gross. Somebody comes up to her and they're like, uh, do you want to uh, donate to our marathon? Our gay marathon. And she's like, no. And then everybody gets all pissed off like they're going to drag her in the back and lesbian fuck her at the end. <laughs> great ending to this. Didn't happen, but great <laughs> ending to this. Right. And then finally, so she she gets offered one of the bands because she buys something at this farmer's market. Who then, And she's like, no, I'm OK. And instead of the person being like, sure, the person in front of her in line turns around and she's like, you got a problem with gay people? I will fuck the eyes out of your skull. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, as a well, as a Bible reader, I love that line as a Bible reader. As though, no, no, like that's a past tense thing. As one who has read the Bible, you fucking idiot. And of course, the other chick's like, well, hold on, bitch. I'm a Bible reader, too. And my church loves lesbians. My church is gayer than Tom Cruise's outfit in legend, motherfucker. And we, there's this crazy pause where she's like gonna go on a killing spree, like the fucking Kingsman thing. But, but instead, she's just like, there's this swell of dramatic music, and she's just like, fuck fags. <laughs> that's it. That yes. is, that's her yes. brave. Yeah, that's the lesson. It's like, just be like, oh, yeah, I'm a Jehovah's Witness, and. We are bigots. You're big shit. Oh, she kind of disarmed me. Dis- oh, okay. preemptively, I was going to say you were big. Ah, well played, J Dub. Yeah, right. Well right. You said bigot first. And the- <laughs> yeah, exactly. What else can I call you now? Um, but yeah, but all the guys in the meeting are super stoked about how well she hated fags. And I love their little wrap up where they're like, well, don't forget about the apocalypse. And everyone's like, yeah, that's a reasonable thing to bring up right now. <laughs> There's also this tiny ending touch here where where he goes, oh, I remember when she was a child who we indoctrinated into a cult. She didn't understand. Good times. <laughs> yeah, right. Good times. <laughs> you, guys, you guys remember that Kirk Cameron movie when Antichrist takes over the whole world? Yeah. Government? Yeah. That's real. So. Uh, we we got to hate fags now <laughs> or <laughs> else uh, something. But Perfect. I love they 
the little thing about her being a kid was was apparently that was just a clever segue. There's, you know, she's like, I remember when she was a kid just handing out Bible tracts. And they're like, well, speaking of Bible tracts, here's this is another story that we would like to tell you. Yep. <laughs> and, oh, my uh, gosh. And we get uh, one of my favorite characters in this thing at this point. Um, so uh, I'm going to call him uh, histamine Michael Douglas. <laughs> and he's 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 asking. Um, uh, de- well, first of all, he definitely just fucked. Uh, anti-histamine Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> who was about to tell it. Benadryl Roethlisberger was about yeah. to tell a story. And the eye contact between them is extraordinarily sexual. Yeah. And uh, so Ben Roethlisberger is about to uh, tell the story about uh, when, when the, the apocalypse, it, they, they like predicted it was going to be 10 years ago and it didn't happen and they sent out a newsletter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. They, they they don't dwell on that for very long, do they? No. They literally are talking about 10 years ago when they handed out pieces of paper for people to throw out and someone had a less than pleasant usual experience. Yeah. So this is the story of uh, Sister Sherry Spencer. She was going out handing people papers saying that they were worshiping Jesus wrong. And a guy like they, they show her flashback to this. She's like, here's peace paper. I'm leaving now. And the guy chases her down saying, are you saying my religion's wrong and yours is right? Cause I'll feed you to my fucking dog. If he isn't what you're saying, <laughs> you give me a piece of paper. Fuck you. I don't take no piece of paper from no man. <laughs> I just usually like sing Arbor Day songs or like whatever holiday. I just start celebrating a holiday. There's like a few every day. Yeah. Yep. Like today is there card reading day. Oh, like well, you there you start go. start celebrating whatever. They get scared. Huh. There you go. So now that, that, of course, though, that experience shook Sister Spencer to the bone and she's considering leaving the ministry. So we have to have the follow up scene where like the, the two priests show up at her house to tell her that she's just got to go out there and occasionally get bit by dogs or or tough it out and hand people paper again there's this amazing moment where one of the guys like hey look sister at some point all of us go wait is this bullshit (laughs) and you just gotta move forward and understand that we've created a support structure that'll abandon you if you think (laughs) yeah right yeah right you know and i don't understand she's got like ptsd because a guy made her stop bothering him at his house. He yeah. was like, leave my house, please. Like, you have to know you're the most hated door-to-door people in existence. Right. They, ha- they don't right. know that. You're hated for door-to-door yeah. people. It goes Mormons, Megan's Law, J-Dubs. Like, yeah, everybody knows <laughs> you're the worst in that. Everybody hates you. That's true. And they don't know that. That's true. That's the order. Also, there's this amazing moment where he goes, I have su- suggestions that may help. And I wanted him so badly to be like, imagine them naked and afraid before God. <laughs> um, but no, his advice is uh, pray, hope in Jehovah, which is different than is praying. Is not the same? Uh-huh. And act, which is just do, yeah. do what we say. Well, right. No, it's it's don't do anything. Don't do anything. Do a thing. thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And she's like, she's like, oh, okay, that sounds. And he's like, pray, hope in Jehovah. And he says it again. She's like, hey, you want me to, you want me to repeat it? Pray. I'll write it. I, I love too that it's just, it's just act. It doesn't. There's no specificity. She goes back to that guy's house, beheads a raccoon. She, Fuck! I forgot to hope. Uh, Damn it! I was supposed yeah. to hope. And just starts doing sweet yo-yo tricks at his front door. What now? 
Walking the dog. <laughs> Eiffel Tower. So, around the world. And that's the whole fucking story for Sherry, apparently. Uh, and now it's Peter's turn. He's going to tell us about... Okay, this is a weird one for a non-J-Dub. <laughs> right? I, like He's going to tell us about the time that his church arbitrarily split families up into different churches? <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't understand this one. There was like a north and a south part, and they were just breaking families up in like yeah, an area. right. Like apparently there was one congregation. They're like, okay, we're going to split this into two. You go to this one. Your grandkids are going to that one. And right. So what's the message? Like, oh, you know how Joe Arpaio's Gestapo is the best. We're going to do that with you people. Don't yeah. fucking whine about it. Just right. let it happen. That is it. That is literally the the problem that they had. I had to Google this, and so I messaged one of our XJW listeners to be like, what the fuck is this? And he was like, oh, yeah, there was a big thing a few years ago where they just split up all the families because all of the families being together made them participate in church less. So they put people with strangers so that the only thing they would have to support them was church, and people were whiny about it. So this year, they're really driving home not to whine. <laughs> Jesus, that is Christ. terrifying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no question. And 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 then the, the, and then the, like the bad guy, right? The antagonist in this little video is the girl going like, "Well, I feel like I'm just gonna go to wherever the fuck I want, and they can go fuck themselves." And everybody's like, mm, "You're gonna go to hell." Listen, you're if everyone did what they wanted in their lives, uh, this cult couldn't exist. Could it? <laughs> right. No, Mary, it couldn't. You self-centered bitch. No, it couldn't. Yeah. That's the lesson. Yeah. Literally, yeah. We see this old woman walk over. Old, old lady walks over. Old, old, old lady. And she's like, oh, aren't you going to be separated from your grandkids and your family? And she's like, I do whatever the fuck I'm told. <laughs> yes. My name's Toby. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, whether I think it makes sense or not, this is her exact quote, whether I think it makes sense or not, I'm going to support the church leaders. That's the message of this damned video. Yep. Oof. And there's at this moment, there's this uh, creepy elder guy like spying on yeah. them over the shoulder like, whoa, she better say the, the line right right now. <laughs> I feel like 90% of J-dubs are just blinking furiously whenever they're talking, trying to signal each other. Like, I'm a hostage. Get me the fuck out of here. We're, <laughs> yeah, right. we're all hostages. We need to leave. <laughs> right. And as if to double down on that, when we cut back to the meeting, they mm -hmm. go, well, it's good to do that because when Gog and Magog attack <laughs> us, we must obey no matter what. Like, just doubling down on, oh, you think we're a scary cult now? We have two demons you've never heard of. You know what I'm saying? Gog and Magog. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so ridiculous the contrast it's, it goes from like kindergarten lesson to like insane sci-fi in the same yeah, right. sentence it's like so that's right. why you follow directions yeah because when we get attacked by blargon and flargon what were they called <laughs> no time for questions when blargon and flargon show up demonic lords you need to be ready and to follow directions yeah, right. Oh, Jesus. The actual line is, I shit you not. One guy says, well, courageously following directions now will help us follow directions then. Courageously following directions. <laughs> and to proudly stand up because you told me to. And to do whatever you say. <laughs> and then it's time for the boss to share what happened with the Monroe family. And this is the greatest thing ever. This is the scariest part also. Well, it was that too, yeah. 
So I, I, I love that the video, by the way, feels the need to promise us it's about to end right here. Right? It's like, all right, we're almost done, y'all. This is like the penultimate story, but we're not done yet. So this is the story of when he went to some uh, family's house for indoctrination night. They're doing their like weird J-Dub's workbook study night, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. And the question, dad's like, okay, so how do we prepare? the apocalypse and mom's like oh oh mr Cotta, mr Cotta, uh, my husband whatever i'm an adult raising my hand to answer a question that's not crazy and the kids the kids looking at a picture of like the crazy apocalypse horses coming out yeah, and like uh -huh. killing the world and that's the lesson we're gonna learn is like that's seems scary but no you'll be fine yeah yeah exactly so the 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 boss guy luther he's like all right so uh, l let me ask you little brad I think that's the kid's name, Brad. What are you looking at there? What are you thinking about? And he's like, I don't know. Am I going to have to fight evil Armageddon locusts? And and the guy's like, no, you won't have to do anything at all. Let me tell you the story of the Moabites and Ammonites from Second Chronicles. <laughs> and then we get this guy standing in front of a goddamn green screen. <laughs> Because I shit you not, because they used the green screen and then they couldn't figure out how to put other backgrounds there. So they just <laughs> left it green. They don't oh. use it. They, like, I think, I think somebody just like they heard the words green and screen and they're like, OK, we got a green screen. Like, green screen. What, what, do you think, what do you think they thought was going to happen? I think they just had the green screen and they're like, oh, when we no, wait yeah, when until we do... shoot this, it's going to look so cool. Something. Is gonna like I, I thought the people were gonna turn into like a desert landscape. Like the people were yeah, right. and then the people are all Hawaii <laughs> and then outer space. It's so stupid. And I like I we cannot overemphasize that you have to watch this video to understand. This is absolutely this is not like there happened to be a green wall behind them. They absolutely positively were trying to do a green screen thing and just left the green background in. It's amazing. <laughs> also, we have to talk about this story is just well, the Israelites were afraid because they were supposed to go to this battle, but God was like, nah, they'll fuck each other up. And by the time they got there, everyone was dead. And the kid's like, <laughs> that's a great story. I yeah. feel all better. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and the Jewish people lived happily ever after yeah, right. forever. So there's nothing <laughs> to worry about. And he's like, oh, great. Yeah. And then finally... Albert takes a turn to tell the story of Philip getting accepted to LDC. Okay. Right. And this entire story is about this kid. So Philip, we should explain. Philip looks like one of those pictures after a thing that happened in a place far away where you're asking to give a dollar. This is like a skinny, <laughs> thin. This, and he's he basically brings his letter to his church brother or whatever weird thing they have in their cult. And he's like, hey, um... I uh I got assigned as a construction volunteer and I look like this and he's like well uh I could see how you would think you would do something else and now being a literal slave would be tricky but um <laughs> fuck you yeah fuck no that's you <laughs> that's the answer well he's got a Bible verse he pulls up a handy dandy Bible verse that's like fucketh thou but yeah that's about <laughs> it. And his phone's like already open to a relevant Bible verse. Yeah. Like, and he has like J-Dub Alexa just like always listening. She's like, hello, uh, Chronicles, Chronicles 28. <laughs> Everybody listen, listen. Weird. Yeah. But like, he, and, and then he says, he even says, he's like, this verse reminded me not to overthink things. 
Over and again in this goddamn video, the message is, don't you go thinking now. The message of their Be Courageous videos is don't overthink it. Yeah, no, exactly. That's the overriding message here. But okay, so then we have to have this like montage of this guy being as bad at construction as we knew he would be. Right. Proving his point. It's just like, I accidentally built this pipe inside myself. <laughs> yeah. And again, the guy is built like a fucking wacky wall walker, right? Like that's his appendages and shit. And they show him hammer and nails and stuff and you feel sorry for him. You feel sorry for the hammer. The hammer, you know it's getting made fun of later that day. He's wrapping a tape measure around his face to <laughs> Or something and just rolling along it with his face, make, like the, whatever they're, they're building is going to collapse on these yeah, no these poor shit. people in wherever that hotel in North Korea. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> also, one other thing: why does every Jehovah's Witness from all over the country, no matter where they're from, they say Jehovah like a fucking crazy Jehovah. Jehovah, Jehovah, like, yeah. Jehovah. It's like they're it's like they're W A N B C. Like, I want to watch them teach that because they have to be teaching that. Yeah, it's right. Insane, just like Jeho Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. <laughs> you know, no, one more time, Jehovah. So. <laughs> But the moral of this story, though, is ultimately Philip did just fine. And I love the way this closes because we cut back to the meeting and we see because like at the very end of the construction montage, Philip's having a blast and they all take a picture together. And then we cut back to the meeting and what the dude who is telling the story is holding that picture and it's framed. Well, it's he on an just, iPad. It's on, it's on oh, an iPad. Oh, was, oh, okay. All that right, would all right. be amazing. I, I wish no, that's it was what in I a saw. frame. It's like a growing like, pain freeze frame zoom in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. And with the knowledge, by the way, that we have scarcely dampened our toes in the grand scale of J-Dub insanity. I guess we're going to wrap up for the night. I'm not sure about you guys, but I have a shitload of petitions to courageously not sign at the moment. So, <laughs> well, close it. Cool. Before we fly the coop tonight, I wanted to remind you that if you're going to be anywhere near Allentown, Pennsylvania on Sunday, March 4th, you should come see me at the Lehigh Valley Humanist Monthly Meetup. I'm going to be giving a talk called How to Survive a Theocracy and Eight Easy Steps at the Bradbury Sullivan LGBT Community Center. Uh, things kick off at 10.30 a.m. They run to 12.30. There's a brunch afterwards, which me and Lucinda are both going to be at. Uh, check the show notes for links to more info. Anyway, that's all the blast movie we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's hot friend, God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, this would be a sad excuse for a show if I neglected to thank Heath Enright for all the usual stuff, plus all the unusual and above and beyond stuff that he did last week while I was sick. I need to thank the lovely Lucinda Lusions for powering through the tail end of a damn nasty flu to be here tonight. I want to thank the lovely in his own way, Eli Bosnick, for being the best damn buddy a guy could hope to have. I also want to thank Matt from Consciousness3D.net for providing this week's Farnsworth quote. I honestly don't think I could summarize his website in a sentence, but if you'd like to check it out, you'll find a link on the show notes. Most of all, of course, I need to thank this week's most dazzling diploids, Aaron, Jake, Cameron, Blake, John, The Wrong Crowd, Jose, Polar Atheist, Mark, Brad, Stephen, Chateel, Wes, Corey, Wesley, Tamara, Christian, Brett, Leslie, and Amy. 
Aaron, Jake, Cameron, Blake, and John, whose cocks have enough mass to slow down time and enough skill to make you appreciate it. The wrong crowd, Jose, Polar Atheist, Mark, and Brad, whose asses are so tight, dishes use them as submarine analogies. Stephen, Chateo, Wes, Corey, and Wesley, whose ejaculations make Enceladus look like a super soaker. And Tamara, Christian, Brett, Leslie, and Amy, whose IQs are so high, binary gives up and starts using twos. Together, these 20 tremendously tantalizing totems of talent took the time to turn over a tittle of treasure to torment the tabernacle this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the tenacity it takes to give us money, but if you think you're up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help with all your money's tied up and not spending it on podcast donations, you can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, sharing the show on social media, or playing it on a boombox for John Cusack. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. I love that you just have a piece of shit voice. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.